What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon. And today's chat's going to be about Haas sacking Gunther Steiner as the team principal and kind of the fallout and kind of what we think this means. I think this is pointing to something and it's it's leading to a head, if you ask me. But we'll get into that. I think it's kind of interesting. I liked a lot of Gene Haas's uh, commentary on the on the whys and the, what he did to replace him. And it's like, eh, it's kind of fair. Like, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, it's performance. Like, which he's like, and he even said, he's like, I'm not saying Gunther is the issue, but something is wrong because we suck. And that's 100% true. And everybody can see it. And it's been like that yeah. for a long time. I think I've, I've been pretty critical saying I'm not sure about this whole Haas project and what the the end game is because it seems like you know they had a, a year or two where they were pretty good i think they wound up fifth in the constructors at one point they did but their third year they were fifth which is awesome for a team brand new to yeah. formula one with a shoestring budget to come out and knock it up to fifth debut points finish that's, yeah that's awesome like and what's happened since then it's just been a downward spiral ever since they have, and they run a really interesting, like, um, you know, F1 did a full article on it, and Gene was talking about how apparently Ryan Reynolds and, like, that Hollywood crew that wanted to invest that ended up investing in Alpine came to Haas and gave them a proposal as well. And Gene was just like, you know, they want to give us only, it's funny because he's a billionaire, so I guess everything's relative. He's like, they just want to give us $100 million, and that's just not worth it for me to get out of bed in the morning. And <laughs> I wish I had that problem. Jeez. Uh, but he was like, you know, they have so many rules. They want so much returns to take away from the team. He was like, it's just not what I want to do. He's like, we're operating off prize money, my pocketbook and a couple of like title sponsors. And that's really it. And it's, it's, he was like, you know, uh, Haas automotive has done really well because, um, He's like, we're really smart and efficient with how we spend my, our money. He was like, we're almost at the budget. He was like, we're only 10 million shy of the budget. It's just 10 million dollars. Um, <laughs> again, it's all relative, but, uh, he was like, we just don't efficiently spend our money. And he was like, I think that needs to be fixed. Um, he had a bunch of interesting points. It's hard to argue with. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that too. And it, but it seems to me like, like you said, they're shy of the budget. They're almost there. But he said they're not efficiently or effectively spending their money. And I think that's pretty evident because last year, how many millions of dollars did they spend on that upgrade that wound up yeah. taking the car backwards where, to the point where both drivers wound up reverting to the old car at some point? And yeah, complete flaw. And some one thing that's interesting to me is so they brought on Kamatsu. I'm not sure how to say his name. A-O, A-O-E. I mean, Kamatsu is pretty easy. I was going to skip <laughs> yeah. to that. A-Y-A-O. I'm not I wasn't even going to give it a shot. Anyway, <laughs> so they brought him on, who was former, what, what was his title? Chief Technical Director of Engineering. Go. That's it. Director of Engineering. So I, from what I can tell, he had a large part in that upgrade package from last year that didn't really do that well. Well, he said that they've been, so he was head of engineering and then made uh, director of engineering. He's been with Haas since day one. And uh, Gene came out and was like, I like hiring from within. He was like, it takes too long to bring people up to speed. He was like, Komatsu runs on statistics. He was like, and that's, I'm trying to find the exact part that he said, but he was like, he is a, you know, he said, I think Gunther had more of a human type approach to everything with people and the way he interacted with people. He was very good at that. 
Komatsu is very technical. He looks at things based on t- statistics. This is what we're doing bad. Where can we do better? It's a different approach. Approach. We really do need something different because we weren't really doing that well. Like I said, it all comes down to eight years in, dead last, nothing more I can say on that. True. I mean, honestly, I think for a while, or at least for a little bit, I know you and I have both said it, that Gunther Steiner didn't seem like the best team principal. Yeah, he's got, you know, he's that charismatic personality. People love him on he's TV. He's entertaining as hell. He was, you know, arguably the most marketable, marketable part of the Haas team, but he's yep. also not winning races. And yep. the fact that your team principal is more famous and more popular than your driver's I mean, that's not really that in your team. Yeah, that's not really that good of an accolade to have when you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this team that's not bringing in a return. So it was interesting. Apparently, he had a a couple of offers from Mattia Bonato, Otmar, (laughs) and Yost Capito. And he was like, hard pass on all of those. I'm going to promote from within. It's like, I don't really blame you. I mean, Otmar is as much of a peopler as Gunther is. <laughs> yeah. Like Yos Capito kind of destroyed Williams for a year and Mattia Bonato is is Gunther's best friend. Like I don't yeah. uh, it's a, yeah, I agree. I, not an awesome I, I, I respect the fact that he's willing to hire from within. And you know, looking at some of the other team principals that came from engineering background, you have Andrea Stella over at McLaren and you have James yep. Vowles at uh at Williams. And I mean James Vowles is doing really good. McLaren's making a comeback. So maybe this is kind yep. of what they're looking for and what they need at this, at this moment. You know, he's definitely got, uh, oh, Komatsu's got the deck stacked against him at this point. He's got a tough road ahead, but. Yes can't... and no, but you also can't go backwards exactly. any further. <laughs> like, <laughs> say, you can only improve. <laughs> you can't go any worse than 10th. Well, right now until, yeah. <laughs> until the new teams get in, but. Yeah. I did think it was interesting. Uh, Gene put a lot of emphasis on staying in F1, that he had no desire to sell, um, that he had no plans of going anywhere, that he wanted to win and at least be a midfield pack team and competing. So I think Haas, I, I've been wondering if Haas was going to be sticking around for a little while. And Gun, or, uh, Gene makes it sound like they absolutely plan to. Well, you know, if they do, from an outsider's perspective, what it seems like is Gene really needs to start making an investment into the team where. You know, like you said, they're not operating at the full budget cap right now. And it seems just like they're trying to make things work on a shoestring budget when this is a sport where you can't really do that. I mean, you look at other teams. Let's say you had Williams for a while. They were underfunded. They had to kind of sell out to Doralton Capital. Uh, The old uh, Force India project, when that guy went to prison or whatever happened to him, they sold that. Now Aston Martin took over and they brought a bunch of money and now they're doing really well. So I think Gene's going to have to kind of, you know, whether he doesn't want to bring in outside investors because he doesn't want to give up control or whatever the case may be. Maybe he just needs to open his pocketbook a little bit more. But you got to do more if you, you want to stick around. I completely agree. And you know what I don't get? What I think would be the easy button is, you know, F1 is exploding in America right now. You're the only American team currently. I'd put a big bald eagle on the side of that, make it red, white, and blue, and you'd have American investors coming out of the wazoo. Like, uh, it's, I know that's kind of the ugly American thing to do in a European sport, but if, like, you can make a splash very easily by delivery on your call. Exactly. I, for me, 
I look at Williams as being more of an American team. Granted, I know where they're from, yes. but you got Doralton. That's an American company. They always come out with the awesome livery when they go to Dakota. Williams does a good job. They've Logan got an Sergeant American is- driver. Come on. Haas, all all yeah. Haas needs to do. I agree. That would be for marketing purposes. That would be huge for Haas. Just dive into the Americanism, the Americana, you know? If they just made the car red, white, and blue, I'd be rooting for it to go around the yeah. track. The black car with money gram on the side doesn't interest me in the slightest no, like no not at all um so yeah it'll be really interesting i'm kind of happy to see a shakeup and not just expecting haas to be terrible again this year it's like hey let's see what happens like i kind of want to root for the underdog here <laughs> yeah <laughs> at I least go beat it. alpine so the my question is do you think this is the last that we've seen of gunther steiner or in what capacity do you think we might see him again that's a good question because, as as you said, as charismatic as Gunther is, it's really hard to judge him on a team principal winning you know management streak. I'm sure there's a ton of behind the scenes. I'm sure people know a ton about him. I could see him sticking around. I don't see him being another team principal though. No, not at all. I, I think with his personality, I think he'll have offers for. I don't know if it's like maybe Netflix director you know. of media. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he'll have, somebody's going to want him in front of a camera, but also I don't know if he has the personality where he would want that, but I think it would be entertaining. You know what I'd actually really love to see is him and Mattia just do the tiny car thing and just drive around and do like a Anthony Bourdain travel show with him and Mattia Bonato in a tiny car. <laughs> I would totally watch that. That would be hilarious. That would be awesome. And just and, and don't don't be uh don't be inside F1 and just spill all the beans. Just give us all the inside drama. Yep. There we go. I would love to see that. I support it. Get on the phone to Netflix now. I'll give him a call. Sweet. All right. We got one other piece that you brought up that we've kind of talked about briefly. I haven't seen it, but let's talk about this uh, Ramco Lance Stroll bit. Okay, so this one is it's something that I saw on a, uh, a, I found it on a, I think it's a Portuguese website. It's called El Nacional. Um, but basically what they were saying is that now that Saudi Aramco has made such a huge financial investment into Aston Martin to the point now where Lawrence Stroll is no longer majority shareholder, you know, he's kind of got people he has to answer to people with deep, deep pockets. We're talking about the Saudi. The yes. Deepest. Like these are the richest people basically in the world. Um, but they're saying now that they have taken over, that they've essentially issued an ultimatum to Lance Stroll, where now if Lance does not perform this year, if he has 2024, if his 2024 season is anything like his 2023 season, then he's out. And there's nothing that Papa Stroll can do to stop this. And so they're actually going on in the, in the end of the article, the part that I found to be the most interesting is that they're speculating or they're already saying that Saudi Aramco has already tapped their replacement driver and that they are very heavily gunning for Alex Albon to partner with Fernando Alonso. So one, obviously I'm ecstatic to hear that Lance Stroll is probably going to be out. I'm curious, do you think he'll make it the full season or do you think like, you know, summer break he'll be Mm. gone? I think he'll Lance has not previously done well under pressure. He hasn't. And he's, uh, he's been 
up and down, mostly down, but every once in a while he'll he'll put in a good performance. I think it'll be probably through the end of the year because also you got to think if they do want Albon, Albon's contract ends at the end of 2024. 24 with everybody. Exactly. Else's. So that would be perfect time for the changeover. But man, I think more interesting than the whole Lance Stroll leaving, as exciting as that is, is the fact that they would bring in Alex Albon, which I think is a smart move for them. I don't know if it's smart for Alex, though. Why do you say that? So I think that for them, they're bringing Alex in. Alex has proven himself to be a good driver. He's a mature driver. He doesn't uh shake the tree ruffle feathers too much he's a smart driver and he's had that experience in a top team with a challenging teammate before so putting him next to where he failed where he he did not succeed (laughs) so uh putting him next to fernando alonso who you know arguably only has a few years left um but they would be a really exciting pair because alex is consistent he can score points he could do well and that's what uh, Aston Martin needs right now. And then when Fernando Alonso eventually slides out, he'll have some time under his belt, talking about Alex at the team, and he could fully mm. take over that lead driver role. Um, but for Alex, on the other hand, I think Williams is an exciting prospect right now. Williams has a huge yeah. upside, I think, and they've got a lot of potential of being great, whereas Aston Martin is still kind of on you know rocky footing. Like, yeah, they might be great, but... I think Williams is just a good environment for Alex. And I, if I was Alex, I would. It depends on how many zeros they throw at me, I guess. But uh, if it's anywhere close in the ballpark of, of price range, I would stay with Williams. Yeah, I got to say, if I'm Alex, I'm not leaving Williams. The uh, He's doing so well over there. And I think a large part of that is the environment, the confidence that James Valls is instilling in him. I think he's able to operate not in a pressure cooker and do the best of his, and do the best of his ability. I don't I think I think Alex would be crazy to leave Williams. I don't think it's that good of a move from Aston Martin. Um well I think a- Alex is a g- good a really good driver and he's got a lot of talent. I don't see him being a national or a world champion. Um I it's hard like when I watch interviews with him, it's hard for me to even imagine him as a as a number 1 driver. Um I think he's a really good Number two um, to a Fernando Alonso, but I, I think that if I am, if uh, if I'm Aston Martin, I'm hoping to find a Piastri, a Liam Lawson, a uh, somebody that can grow under the tutelage of Fernando Alonso and become a number one driver. I just don't see it in Alex. I I, I don't think that'd be a smart move. I I think that you're going to end up just looking for new drivers in a couple of years. Yeah, I, honestly, I could see that too. He's very. Uh, he seems to be more passive. Yeah, you know, I, I know they say you know when once you put the helmet on and put down the visor, I'm a different person. But I don't know if no. I see that with Alex at all. No, it, it's they say that with Danny all the time, but Danny's very clearly capable of being a number one driver, just fine, even if he is smiling all the time and so good humored. Like the honey badger does come out when he puts the helmet on. I don't see that in Albon. I don't see that in Sergeant. Um, you know, there's quite a few of them that's just like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, this is only uh, one news article that I saw come out. So we'll see kind of what happens. A lot of it makes sense if you think about the placement or the timing of Saudi Aramco coming in and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, the financials make sense. Why would they want yeah. somebody there who's going to keep them back and keep them from making the most money as in meaning Lance Stroll? So 
you know, we'll see what comes of this. We'll see how uh, how accurate this is, and we'll see how Mr. Stroll does this year. But I don't know. I think the deck definitely stacked against him, and I think he's ready to move on too. He's just looking for a way to save face and leave. I would agree with that. I don't think it's not fun to be in this sport when all eyes are on how you're performing awfully, awfully. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to be now that Latifi's been gone. You know, Lance has the been goat. the one that's been getting kicked the most. Yeah. Oh, Lance, Logan, and uh, occasionally Checo. Which which one of the wild cards are going to take oh. out half the field this race? <laughs> uh, you don't want to be in that category at all. No, you don't. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting. The Gene Haas thing is super interesting. I'm excited for Haas. I want them to. I, I want to root for the underdog. We'll see what Kamatsu does. Um, they're and they they are staying religious to to Ferrari. He said so. I think we'll see more of that it it might be really interesting because right now they have the ferrari power unit and the ferrari suspension and they're wanting to go towards the red bull body style so it'd be really interesting to get a mixture of the two and see what happens that would be well we'll see we are ah damn it dylan i had the countdown and i forgot it hang on (laughs) damn it hey siri how many days until the formula one season starts Can't you just tell me? Okay. <laughs> All right. So we are only 47 days away Ooh. from the start of the season. Lights out in Bahrain. So we are there. Is that we're testing s- or racing? This is the race day. So, I mean, we're 40 days away then from testing. But now we've got, like you said, testing before that. We've got already uh, a couple of teams. At least one team has confirmed their uh, launch date for their new car. Um, so those are probably going to start coming out pretty Most soon. Most worthless launches ever. Oh, I this know. is what the I, car definitely the, won't look like. <laughs> I love when Red Bull just brings out last year's car <laughs> like they always do. Although yeah. last year Ferrari did a good one. I like the Ferrari launch because um, you you got to see the car on track and all. And Charles Leclerc yep. didn't crash and the car didn't explode. But that's but then always he did a, crash a Nicky Lauda's car. So you know he. Ooh, that, <laughs> Could you imagine as you as you're spinning off, you're like, oh no, why am I no, so stupid? please no, please no, why am I so unlucky? Please no. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, hey guys, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend. But I think that's all for today. So on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.